and then we have, we have like four picks in the top thirty, and then another pick in later the on in round. the first round. Yeah, and then the top of the second round. There's no, there's no way like. Okay. Trade those ones out for some that aren't so sh- shook up. Welcome to another episode of the American Beer Review Podcast. Good times with good friends requires good beer. Lucky for us, we know how to pick all three. We're a group of friends who grew up in the Pacific Northwest, giving us a jump start on our craft beer journey. Join us today while Brian, Alec, and Chad review some beer, talk about beer topics, and whatever else comes up. We invite you to pour yourself a drink and hang out with us. Uh, beer time. Beer time. Yeah, podcast time. Hey, uh, so to start us on our podcast journey today, we have from El Segundo Brewing, I believe, like a lot of our beers we've reviewed down in San Diego, California. Um, we've been on a maybe. Trend. I think they have a location there. According to my internet I have research, to think of where, like, I usually feel pretty good about my California geography, but El Segundo is. Oh no, they are in El Segundo, California, which is not San Diego. I think it's closer to LA. Uh, We are having their part, uh, it's a partner beer with Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Stone Cold Stunner. This is Steve Austin's Broken Skull American Lager. Thanks, I forgot to grab myself a cup. And since they are, they've got the little independent craft. Logo right on the can here. Mm-hmm. This is a craft lager. Uh, there you go. Which we have spent uh, numerous times discussing. Yes, lots of time. So, how much association with uh, Steve Austin, or is that just a lot? A, is it? I didn't do it. Yeah, any. he actually um, uh, was on Brewbound, getting interviewed by them. Like that, he is he is a part of it. Um, and they're, I think they're going to expand and do more styles, but just him being stone cold and like a logger being like the, the, the key starting point for him that he just smashing beers and, yeah, yeah. and chugging them. But like, it made more sense than being like, uh, first stone cold beer is going to be a bourbon barrel age. Is he from? Uh, El Segundo, that no, area? No. no. So just a totally random... I, think, I forget the connection of how he... got he, hooked up with them. Yeah, but he has been kind of into craft beer for a while, and then just, like, it worked out to do it, I guess. I mean, like, he wasted a lot of macro beers. Yeah. In the ring. Yeah. God, imagine being the... After he does that, after a match he does, and you got to roll around in that sticky beer. Right. Ew. Or the person who has to clean all the beer say, off the ring. Had like a, a mat boy or somebody uh, during commercial breaks going and wiping it down. Mop it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So today I previewed got you guys with a topic because I didn't want to spend two hours. Previewed? Getting. You, yeah, I wrote you, a novel. You wrote, you wrote a, a doctoral a, thesis. A manifesto. <laughs> Yeah, I literally said, this is my thesis, but um, we're going to kind of do the cliff notes because yeah. we don't want to bore everybody to death. Uh, so this came out kind of from a couple of news articles I dropped, uh, like a CNBC video on 
is AB InBev dying because they're making more beer than ever, but they're just having a shrinking market share because craft beer is making more and more beer every year. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, yeah, they, they have to define their metrics as a publicly traded company. Are we growing our market share? Blah, blah, blah. And then another thing about blockchain technology, I'm not going to get into blockchain here, but basically saying that blockchain technology could open up access to the economy of scales that the big guys have for the craft brewer. But I just wanted to put in perspective how much beer AB InBev makes. Because mm-hmm. uh, I needed this kind of like I for me. Or so like, last year, yeah. AB InBev made 582 million hectoliters. Hectoliters. So you got this from a Canadian website? No, because no. so they make so much beer now, they can they no longer report in barrels, they report in hectoliters. See, and I just always when I hear Canadians, they do it that way, but okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm tracking. So, one hectoliter is 26.4 gallons. An Olympic pool is 25,000 hectoliters. AB InBev, and this is their worldwide number. This was worldwide numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, 23,200 Olympic-sized swimming pools. 25 meters by 50 meters by 2 meters deep. We all know, we, yeah. three of us know too well how big that, how much water yeah. that is. Uh, that is roughly 64 Olympic pools of beer a day. Jeez. <laughs> and I, uh, you know, I sent you that picture, Brian. I did brew two one-gallon batches of beer oh, yesterday. Yeah. Using my two pounds of grain for finished one gallon of beer, uh, that is 660 tons of grain. And uh, using my hop schedule for this one gallon of beer, uh, 8,250 pounds of hops. Every day. day. Every day. Wow. Now imagine you're a 10-barrel craft brewer. Trying to compete. Trying to compete with a hop grower or a grain producer oh. or a great, or be a big account at a grain wholesaler. You are going to struggle to be, like in, uh, a lot of people know in business, the principle of 80-20. 20% 20 of your customers do 80% of your business. Mm-hmm. The pure amount of stuff the macro guys buy every single day to make beer is like your needs as a craft brewer is a drop in the bucket. So obviously the price pressure right now is in favor of the macro. So we see tradition. So traditionally today it's craft versus macro where we're, everyone in craft is fighting against the macro guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thrown back to that blockchain technology, they think they could, can utilize it in some way as a public ledger to allow all the craft brewers to kind of form their own ad hoc wholesale entity to be able to go, Hey, we're no longer the 20%. We're no longer the 80% of the brewers who do 20%. We're now a new wholesale entity that needs 20% of the grain hops stuff out in the market. Theor- okay, but theoretically, I, I'm going to go further before <laughs> right. I open it up for discussion. 
So theoretically, if that does work out and magically snap of the finger, anybody who makes beer anywhere, craft brewer, home brewer, because I'm sure they drag the home brewers in somehow, uh, and the macro guys are all paying the same price per pound for grain, for hops, for yeast. Just the does the battle of craft versus macro now shift to craft versus craft because now everyone is buying at the same level and it comes down to is your beer good or can you do you have the ability to produce enough beer or get enough beer delivered where it needs to go to get that shelf space it's a distribution it comes down to distribution but if we made everything equal would you ever see a world where a craft brewery is actively advertising against another craft brewery ever like, Oh, I mean, 20, 30, 40 years in this magical utopia that I just laid out. I think at some point, yes, because there's still businesses vying for certain customers. I think just historically it has been, an industry where people tend to just work together. That even though they're competitors, they're still so the coopetition. Yeah, it's growing the craft beer. Having another craft brewery open up down the street doesn't necessarily hurt your yeah. craft brewery or, or pub because it creates, and like we've talked about it before, it creates now a draw to that area. Yeah, and the customer is going to come in and have a couple beers at your spot. Is then going to wander down and have a couple mm-hmm. beers at their spot, and now you've got an area. That people are choosing to come to. Right. It's easier to draw in a collection of customers from outside of your area if there's more there. Right. You either singular, singularly have to be phenomenal. Right. Or there has to be something collectively. Hey, we're going to go and not just hang out at X brewery, but we're going to go to X and Y right. over this trip because it's you know 40 minutes away or something like that. Right. Going back to your thoughts, though, about that, I think um, I, I kind of wonder if people aren't already doing the collective, like, hey, we need X amount. Like, to get into this hop grower, we need to be able to purchase blank amount of hops, and us on our own as a small brewery can't do all of that, so we're going to partner with others. I. I imagine that at some parts of the country, that would be happening. We are in a weird spot of having the hop growers so close right. that I think that they can make so many connections with those small breweries yes. and, and realize <laughs> that like local supporting local. But if you're, um, you know, if you're a brewery in Oklahoma, right. you don't have that same access. And so there may be like, hey, there's 10 breweries in, you know, uh, Tulsa and we're going to, I'd actually be really shocked if there's 10 breweries in Tulsa. There, if there are 10 breweries in Tulsa. Is it, is it that big a city? Have you ever been to Tulsa? No. Um, I'm just saying there's 10 breweries in Puyallup. Tulsa. There is not. Tulsa's got I, 10. I, I could tell you there's not in, in Puyallup because I would be going to them more often. Um, but, but maybe they are working together to say, Hey, we really want X new hop that's coming out of, you know, um, Yakima Valley hops and the only way for us to kind of get on their radar is to do it as a, group, as, as, a as a collective as a, a chunk to do it um, I'm sure there is some cost benefit to that as well 
Economies of scale for sure. Yeah, and doing those types of things. So I could certainly see that sort of thing happening. Um, but then maybe it becomes city versus city, not brewery versus brewery. Well, that Tulsa works as a collective against, you know, could be um, Memphis. My question was: Was there an article attached to that, or was it just your? There, there was that block, like the okay, the like the deep blockchain blockchain dive yeah. article. I did the TLDR yeah. uh, on that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> as I wonder how much overlap there is in what the macro breweries are using. And yes. obviously, as they get down yes. and yes. you go like, and we've talked about it a couple of times, like Elysian is technically a macro brew, so they have there. But like the hops going into a can of Budweiser are not what's going into uh, a can of Reuben's IPA. Right. Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and same thing with uh, the grain bill. Uh, is, is it the same farmers that are making that or are these? I'm pretty certain they actually have their own like hops producer, like, yeah, the, no, they aren't selling anybody else, but yeah, but as the general idea it, in that like utopia, because part of that blockchain article was kind of driving it at what I was getting at was in a perfect utopia when all costs are equal. Where does do, does well, and it's more than that. It's the sustainability could branching yeah, yeah. on that. If you have a a brewery that needs whatever. 10 pounds of hops uh, a month or whatever. Yeah. It's hard to sustain a farmer who's going to grow mm-hmm. and harvest and he's not going to make any money growing 10 pounds of hops. But if you did have a collective of 10 breweries, 20 breweries, all using the same blend of hops, now you've created some sustainability on the farming side of it yeah, to yeah. compete with some of the macro guys, I guess. Well, and I think even when we were brewing on our own a bit more, like we had looked at hey, if we're going to constantly be using um, this style of two-row, like, we should look at buying slightly more in bulk. In bulk, yep. That even us going to the local homebrew shop and doing it like, hey, we're using this same thing every time and buying it in this six-pound right. for this one brew, yeah. but we're going to use the same two row the next time and the same two i mean it's it makes sense to do it and i think people are always going to look for that sort of thing um the efficiencies yeah yeah and i think that's where the cooperation of an industry like um the beer industry comes to play that they i've heard it before from brewers that are like hey i ran out of this thing or something happened and i was able to contact another local brewery and say hey can you help me out and they're not like doing the whole like no you're my competition right i would never um and so i think it that would carry over into this style of thing but i i agree i think that the the macro macro breweries are doing their own kind of thing like yeah the take out the like craft beer that they own right and just if we're talking about bud heavy bud light coors light those types of things like they're putting the same hop every single time. Yes. They're not branching out. They're not doing whatever. So they have that contract that is set in doing it. And, you know, I mean, it might be Yakima Valley Hops that's doing it. Who knows? But somebody is making that hop that is specifically going into X yes. Bud Light every time. Right. And there aren't, like, uh, little breweries that are like, well, if we could only get this hop that goes into Coors Light, but we just can't get our foot in the door, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think if if it were a time where the amount of variety of hops and grain and styles of beer were less, it could definitely be more of what you were talking about, where they're having to battle them and do it. Um, and they might be more cannibalizing each other. But I think there's just, like, there's literally new hops coming out all the time. Like, stuff is changing yeah. and doing it. So, Because um, what, does it say what hop is in this? Or what did they use? The Broken the, Skull. The Broken Skull. That's no, it. I didn't. I didn't dive, try to find a recipe. But, I mean, it's a lager. Yeah. But I still feel it's like really a, good, craft, a craft. It's really good. Um brewery is still going to use something different than yeah and they might want to use something that harmonizes with all their other beers i know there are some places they'll use a similar hop and so it was funny so i sat down and wrote that three page single space report that if i was in (laughs) school i would write the night before but i gladly wrote this now i don't know why (laughs) uh even by the time i got to the end and went it's felt like a f- me forcing that argument that that would happen because you guys are mm. totally right. Craft beer came from home brewing mm-hmm. where it was pe- like it was it's almost like a modern apprentice system like back back in the old days when you didn't have school you just went and became an apprentice. Right. So many of these breweries like we we're saying the the brewery trees you go learn somewhere and you go out and make your own beer and everybody's very supportive. I don't think even as if the economy is scale um, problem is solved with a blockchain public ledger that gets built, who knows how. Uh, I think that spirit of cooperating with your fellow craft brewer is as too ingrained in the DNA. Mm-hmm. And anybody who doesn't, want to do that i think they get routed up uh, rooted out pretty quick or don't make it or yeah or they're that cutthroat and they're bought up in two years by a macro guy if the, if their bears worth a shit yeah i think and there's been times where there has been like the brewery that doesn't play nice with everybody else and especially if you're coming in later to a community that's already established yeah you're gonna like you're not going to be invited to the things. You're not going to be put apart. You know, if they're right. doing a festival, it's like, well, you know, we're not inviting those guys because right. they've just been jerks about stuff. Yep. So um, I think it just feeds into, you know, not every business can do it that way, but this is just the culture of this industry where they're more helping each other out, being kind of cooperative and doing it. Um I'm sure at some point it comes down to the bottom line and they're going to do what they got to do to keep their business going. But yeah. And I kind of feel like if we ever did see a craft versus craft, it would have to be in a single market. Cause there is, there is going to be a critical mass someday for local craft breweries. Like they're being built every year at a huge clip, but like I, te- uh, we grew up in Auburn. Mm-hmm. realistically how many craft breweries do you need to service the beer needs of a town that size maybe three or four there's three right now yeah I was gonna say. but i mean in, but imagine in, if you had 12 well and that's a <clears throat> that does be too many well you but you can talk about it. so there's let's a few like um 
local examples for us. So Auburn is actually a pretty large city, um, which really, uh, size size wise, yes, size wise that like it spreads out. It has you know, um, I don't know, close to a hundred thousand people or something like that. It's there's a lot now, but it's but you're looking at like what three three maybe breweries, and one of them I think closed because they just the space was too expensive and yeah, they're gonna be trying yeah. coming back soon. Um, but then like Sumner, which has only. 20,000 people. I was going to say a third of many people. Yeah. Um, there's. And a lot more compact. Two. Yeah. yeah. At least two there. You know, Puyallup next to it. If you include South Hill, you're talking about over 100,000 people. And they. Realistic, like not the Ram or the Rock. Right. Uh, they have two. So there's no like consistency of stuff. But you can carry on, and just further down the road is Tacoma that has yeah, it's beer 10 city. to 12. You know, yeah, that has, I mean, they have um, five within like a six block radius in the brewery district. So right. there is those types of things that it just, um, I don't think there's a pure number for that, like what a place can handle or establish. Um, well, and it, it just kind of naturally takes care of it. So that's on people drinking the beer at on location. True. Right. Uh, once you get into distribution, now it doesn't really matter where you're at. Yeah. Uh, and there, <clears throat> you do see a lot more competition between. Yes. Uh, like craft shelf breweries, space. but it's between the distributors. Yeah. It's which beers am I carrying and selling as the distributor? What have I bought into? And I'm fighting for shelf space versus not necessarily the other individual breweries, but the guys that guys carried by the other distributor. Yeah, yeah. It's not the breweries battling. It's who has it's to distribute Columbia's them. It's shelf. Yeah. It's you yeah. Know, Olympic Eagle or whatever. Yeah. It's their shelf, and they're going to put their brands there. And that's where you see actual cutthroat competition. Um, but in terms of craft versus macro, I mean, we weren't drinking beers 20 years ago. Um, but there was, much, I mean, there wasn't even a craft section That's what I was going to say ago. is craft is an overall is fighting for that shelf yeah, space yeah. and so a win getting an extra shelf uh or an extra whatever row for craft in general helps out the entire industry um, because those tend to get cycled out with a lot more frequency than um some of the macros budweiser's probably been on the same shelf in the exact same door at red apple uh yes. downtown auburn yes. since the 1980s yeah, man, what was... Still the only store where you could buy, walk in and buy a flat of beer in the cardboard case. Uh, like it was packed at the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really have much better to add to that. Yeah, that makes sense. No. Yeah. Nice. So, Beer Review Podcast. We got a beer review today? We do. It is in the cooler of destiny that Brian is opening right now. Today... We have a holiday-themed beverage since we are, by the time you, the listener, is listening, we're going to be smack dab in between uh, Christmas and New Year's in the depth, dank portion of the holidays. Once they finish pouring, I will grab the can. So today, boys, we are drinking up on the rooftop a spiced honey holiday ale. Special release from Rooftop Brewing Company up in Seattle. Coming in at a 6.3, and we're pouring them out of uh, 
16 ounces today. I Spiced honey, is that what you said? Spiced honey. Okay. If I'm reading the font right, I am. <coughs> so I'm, excuse me, Brian would probably know, I'm never, or I'm not as aware of uh, rooftop brewing. Been there, I've been there a few times. Cool. Is up on the rooftop purely just a play on their name, or is that sort of a theme they go with when they are releasing beers? Are they all? Um, not all of their beers are rooftop themed. If that's what you're trying to say, that's kind of where I was going. They at. are, um, they are like a rooftop location. So the uh, brewery is across the bridge, the, so on the south side of the Ballard Bridge. Okay. So um, Ballard, Seattle's a big brewing area, large, like one of those. You want to talk about like high density of breweries, right? Yes, that's kind of a massive place for that um, brewery. The inside is pretty tiny. But their uh, main space is on the rooftop of the building that they brew in. It's an outdoor space, predominantly, that is on top of the space that they brew in, which is a shared space with a coffee roastery. So you actually find a decent amount of stuff that they do um, collapse in, with uh, a coffee roastery. And where did you find it? Was this... Uh... This was... Uh online or in a grocery store no this is my total wine excursion okay i so think i think you everyone will see the results of that on the gram here um the first thing getting back to the beer it's almost red like it's kind of like a yeah. i don't a, know a, if i'm a reddish amber yeah a little hazy when i i we went through this with the other winter beer i never am quite sure anymore now of what exactly to expect um when somebody says they have a holiday something. So, yeah. but at least I think this one with it saying it's an ale makes me feel like I'm not getting stouty necessarily. Yeah. It's not a winter warmer. Yeah. It's a, but I am, I, I pick, I'm picking the honey up in the beginning and the spice is subtle. Yeah. I definitely I, got, I'm smelling this. I, I smell the spice a little bit more than I get, but overall this is a very satisfying sip. I definitely so it's a little caramely, a little malty. Spice and but caramel. Not, but not heavy. I'm not really tasting the honey, at least. I'm not getting a ton of honey in it. A little bit of spice to leave it. Finish is pretty, pretty clean. Yeah. yeah. I get kind of a flowery thing up at the beginning. Most of that sweetness was fermented out on the honey. Uh, brewed with fresh ginger, honey. Ginger. Orange zest. That's what it is. And cinnamon. So yeah, the it's ginger, one of those where you're like, I can't, I can't yeah. place this thing, and then as soon as it's like yeah. stated, because we're like, there's not a ton of hop flavor. It's no. the ginger that's coming through. Yeah, yeah you're getting the spiciness op- from the ginger, and then I can, now tasting a little bit of that orange, mm-hmm. orange peel, orange zest. Yeah, I'm gonna let this one sit. I think this might be one as the as it warms up a little bit. Some of those flavors will. Might come out a little bit. Come out in the glass a little bit more. I'm trying to remember. I think it was. Um, I can't remember who online that I was was saying it, but like talking about uh, like bourbon barrel ones that actually should be uh, drank more closer to room temperature. Right. So I mean, you keep it chilled until it's time to serve. Yeah, yeah. there was one that I had. Um, Thelonious Monk, I think, was the beer, a Belgian-y one. And I, a friend I think of mine I've had that once. He yeah. shared it with me, and he actually told me, he goes, like, keep it in the fridge, but when you're ready to drink it, 
like take it out 15 whatever yeah 20 minutes and i actually then like spent a little bit of time just like holding the glass like trying to kind of add some temperature to it and to kind of bring that up a bit um i didn't like do a taste test you know beforehand trying to see was there a change because i i it was my first time drinking it i wasn't gonna like drink it cold when i was told not to and be like oh this sucks i don't right. really want the rest of this or something but no that i think uh i think for me this could be a normal fridge you put this on inside for season I, these yeah yeah though right uh, no uh thanksgiving to christmas mm. yeah this would be right on the inside door of my rip that door open there it is I don't know if I would have two of these in a night. Mm. That's because I want to wake up in the morning. Uh, a, a, I mean, a pint at six percent, and then I'm probably you know maybe have one more, and I'm good for the night. But, Cause, oh, because the this, flavor. But this is a good. If I I can only have one beer, this is a great. Just have one beer, for me. I think for me the the flavor profile puts me more just having one. Yes, in a collection of them, go. um, and. I think I could see stocking it in the beer fridge during the holiday season, but it's not like a frequent grab and go for me. Right. But definitely like I would buy like a four pack or a I would love to see this in a six pack. I think twelve would be good and then that'd be good for like a handing tw- out like a twelvers, part. like twelve ounce six Yeah, pack. yeah, six to twelve. And we'll see as it warms up what it does to the flavor because it is it's we touched on it a couple times. This is a more of a sipping beer. Yeah. Than something that you're gonna <clears throat> slam or chug you're not finishing i mean we split a couple 16s yeah uh, i would not finish the i whole have more six, if someone wants them i would not finish the whole 16 while we're sitting here recording no yeah th- this would be a good beer to have poured if you're like at a cocktail party but you're having beer yeah and you need something that I- i'm gonna walk around with this for an you're, hour you're bringing mm-hmm. it to friendsgiving yeah. you're sharing with the other beer drinkers you're bringing a four pack you're going to have one. You share someone else. You may end up taking one home. You may not. Right. But like, yeah, it's your one that like, especially put it into a nice glass um, and kind of just walk around with it and have it as like, you know, the and the thing to talk about. Oh, hey, what are you drinking? Well, it's not, you know, yeah, when ginger makes, and honey and cinnamon. And no, it's got very, yeah, interesting flavor profile. Very good. Uh, and it will be if it drinks well as it warms, um, it'd be perfect for that. Uh, oh, so I, I think I would put it in a seasonal beer fridge, like I said, hand out to somebody who's coming coming by, but you're giving them like one of them. Yeah. Like, hey, sip on this while we're yeah. watching the game or we're hanging out. Yeah, we're watching whatever football game on the way yep. to, to having dinner. Here's a... Yeah. And I think I'll actually make a... starter beer. And I think I'll actually make a trip next year um, to the same bottle shop, make sure I get maybe get like uh eight of them just mm. to have in the fridge through the holidays right i think i'll make a special trip for it wow funny story this is actually a year-round beer for them one of their top sellers <laughs> everywhere i based on the can i'm gonna go with probably, probably not. not yes but. it is very festive reindeer and uh, but maybe I, maybe they change the label up every year i think that if i had a special release and i had to uh sticker my beers i would have a i would have different artwork every year just to keep throwing people off like i'm looking for the up on the rooftop holiday yeah it's this one 
well, that's that's not what it looked like last year. Yeah, I got a topic for a future podcast, but yeah, the ironically uh, canned on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you had the Starbucks uh, holiday cup, where yes. it was like, what what is yes. this year's uh, design going to be? And then you'd save a can, and whatever. they get, and they make um, they make labels where you have two layers, so the outside could be. The same Christmas wrap every year, and you unwrap the outer label for the the brand new inner label every year. (laughs) And then one of them is a golden one, and you get to go to the brewery and swim Mm -hmm. in a (laughs) to avoid perilous death after perilous death until you become the brewery owner and then hop into a glass elevator. That took a weird turn, though. Yeah, it did. Went in our direction. Yeah, I had to veer us off into some beer news. Yeah. Where we're talking about veering um, off onto a walkable trail where you can pre-order beer and get it and keep walking and work off that beer. I think I missed this one. Maybe. Did you send this one out? Yes. Uh, so basically... Oh, yeah. I kind of remember Oh, this. I got you. Yeah, yeah. So over in... Like, we had kind of talked about... Uh, a open an open beverage beer zone yep mm-hmm. um a couple f- uh couple guys uh Jesse Roch and John Groth uh worked up and worked with um a local not a BBB what am i thinking of basically they work with some local uh breweries and bars along this 8 mile metropolitan branch trail in washington dc uh and made like a beer passport so they worked with like the city to get it all dialed in so you put this beer passport on your phone i assume and as you're walking down the trail you can go oh hey that bar up there i can order a beer right now and it's waiting for me i can pop in drink it i get a little check mark on my passport and you go collect them all, and you get, I, I think you get access to something. But I thought this was a really cool um, idea that you could do right now to avoid all the red tape of we're going to let people walk with open beer right, uh, down the down the core of the city. Because yeah, they're not walking with them, but they are walking to them. So it's kind of like a, like a pub digital, crawl. The digital pub crawl. Yeah. Yeah, it does say there's no app. So part of that is like, uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I had saw that, and I assume they did, or they're just, I don't I, know how would you put your order in before. Well, you just like on a website because there's yeah. there is some benefit. Like, part of me, I'm getting tired of having to download a new app for everything that I go to or everything that like comes up. Um, but at some point, like I get not having to memorize a website or have something going on. But if they just had like a QR code, like because I noticed there's like some posts that are saying like, "Hey, go this way to it." Like there's directional things as a part of this trail to help you out. Throw a QR code on that. I can scan it while I'm walking, and then have my order ready by the next thing. Um, one, I think this is great promoting. You know, getting out, walking, moving between different locations while doing it. Right. So I kind of like that aspect of it. Um, when it ties into the uh, coopetition aspect Correct. of the uh, uh, 
craft brewers is yeah. going we're going to drive more uh interest into the whole area we're all mm-hmm. going to um rise um <clears throat> working together yeah i'm a a big fan of this and i think you can see this happening in different communities where they're kind of realizing that um some are bigger scale like so there is uh in british columbia canada they have the bc ale trail mm-hmm. and you can kind of They'll help you focus down into like, oh, I'm going to this area, and hey, here's the few that you can do. Um, there's a place just outside of Vancouver called Port Moody that a few years ago was pretty famous because it had four breweries within about two or three blocks of each other. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. now six in the same stretch of street, right. and it becomes that destination place, and and there is that, like, we, me and my wife went up there because we heard about this place and we heard about these and it's, we can go to that destination and do it. Right. Um, adding, a, it's a beautiful day and I can then get some, some exercise, get some get walking some in, in between. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that's a great thing. It's kind of a fun, um, idea. It's sort of free advertising. I mean, I don't know if they're, the companies are buying into this. It talked about, they could set up different, um, like promos and things on their own. So you're not kind of like... Uh, yeah, so you get your passport stamped at our place. Now mm-hmm. you get access to 15 20%. You, you get yeah. an exclusive discount or something at our place. Or just like a happy hours for passport members yeah. or something like that. There are some of those, I mean, happening in different areas. Um, there was one here called um, Wobble, Washington Beer Level Lovers, that has struggled through the pandemic to... Um, kind of keep membership going because they were based on like the you bought in and then the idea was that throughout the year there's different festivals and that's where they make the most of their money right is going to the festivals festival attendance has been down so they've struggled with that they're actually suspending operations for the next like five or six months but you have there there's a new one that just came out called like beer nav or something like that and you are basically um buying in but then different breweries have this same thing so this is the difference is i don't think for the the one that you were talking about, the walking trail, you're having to like buy in as a passport member. But this this other one is all through the state of Washington, where you can, whatever the dollar amount is, but then I go to Alex Brewery and I can get 10% off and 10% oh, on, okay. on yeah, t-shirts yeah. or mm. things like that. So it's a little bit of like... Uh, you paying up front or you paying on the back end. Yeah, so yeah. you kind of get in and, and create it and you, you do have that passport. And I think that's the... Because you did a couple of years ago. Oh man, I'm gonna say a couple of years ago and stick. But it was with really it. like six. Yeah. Uh, was it the wobble? Yeah. Uh, where it was, if you visit a certain number, was mm-hmm. it like fifty? Fifty gets you the free membership for the, for next, the next year. year. So that, but how many then trips did you make specifically to go visit a brewery that you oh, hadn't been to? Tons. Right, just to get that next year. So how many dollars did that generate? Oh, in that that year, I still remember that year because we hit the point of like realizing like. We're at forty because twenty gets you like the nominal, like the basic prize, like a, uh, a cup, a hat, uh, something like that. Right. In addition to the T-shirt you bought when you became a member, but yeah, fifty gets you the whole membership paid for the next year. Um. And so at some point we kind of realized like, oh, this could be a thing. Mm-hmm. So we started, hey, we're gonna go like to Yakima. Let's see, can we hit four different breweries? Right. I don't go to Yakima that often. Um, in the state. And out of the state. I think that's the same year we went to Port Moody in, in BC. I went to 62 unique different breweries wow. in like a year. Right. 
which you could almost do in just Seattle now. 62 in just Seattle? I think in the city limits, there might be close to 60 breweries. Tulsa can't have 10. Man, I'm just saying. (laughs) Seattle, come on. No, they got the new Sylvester Stallone show from the... uh, I'm going to go look this up. Tulsa's going to be happening spot. I'm a huge fan of these things. They co-promote each other. The big thing, um, having this... The walking trail, having the th- the connections to other stuff, um, yeah, I like it. I think I wish more places could yeah. do it. Um, and, and I think figure it out. And I think we got a lot of places in our area where, next to parks, next to trails, mm-hmm. I think it would be a slam dunk. Next step is just letting me carry my beer from one to the next one. Yeah. Listen, <clears throat> I'll ju- what if I'm just on the trail? I'll just stay on the trail. Just on the trail, and you're in your commemorative, that- uh, totally biodegradable aluminum cup. Yeah. Yes. I don't think aluminum you have to can walk, be. You have to walk inside the I designated beer lane. <laughs> yeah, I'll stay in the beer lane. Yeah, it's the the beer it's lane. The wanderer yeah. lane. I'm staying out of the There's walker lane. I'm the, staying out of the biker lane. I'm just in the beer there lane. There we go. We solved it. All right. Yeah. And now to wrap up another list. Oh, I saw this one. I didn't I, I think didn't, I, didn't I posted it, it and I didn't look at it at all. And this is the first list on a podcast I've ever been able to rip through and be the leader on. Nice. We're ripping through this bitch. Okay. Lightning round. See, I got distracted by looking at how many All breweries right, so, there are. Yeah, so this was this is off of Yahoo, so it's pure clickbait. Uh, so number twenty-five. But did you tell them what the list was? Oh, this, the twenty-five worst beers. Okay, yeah. so I just wasn't paying attention. It didn't come out. Okay. We, we all like. <laughs> Okay, oh yeah, so, this is the list we're talking about. Okay. We didn't tell anybody what Lilith so was. So as <clears throat> excuse me, as of October fourteenth, twenty twenty, these are the twenty five worst beers in the world. Twenty twenty ranked. Yes. Uh, how? Because I saw it, but I wanted to be surprised. Uh, da, 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 da. Can I look at the? So this is the bottom twenty five on Beer Advocate. Okay. Oh, so like yeah, so they just they people went people rated. Yes. Okay. That's all they did. Okay. And but, these are all crap. but but how many of these lists had more than five minutes of research? There's no way they're. they're I don't think they're all craft. No. Okay. So number twenty-five. Bush heavy. I, I do not disagree. But yet, I've drank a lot of them. Yes. Heavies. Yeah. When we went to the race in California. Yeah. That the means... heavies were a dollar cheaper. Oh, they were. And so I. Yeah. And they're only like. They were only like point. It was a minimal amount of more alcohol that I was like, okay, so say it was like a Bush Light was $8 and a Bush Heavy was 7 So every like seven beers, I got one for free compared to you guys. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we showed up uh, or Thanksgiving at my parents' house. Yeah. My dad bought beer for the party or whatever. Oh, and Everybody you didn't did. burn the house down, right? We did not burn the house nice. down. Uh, the turkey turned out fine. Uh, we ended up deep drying a whole bunch of stuff. Um but my dad bought beer, and my brother got there like an hour before me, and he sent me a picture, and it was just a case of Bud Heavies. And I'm going, <laughs> what's going on? Why would you buy Bud Heavies? He got mad enough that he left, went to the store to go buy Bush Light. Not Bud Heavy, Bush Heavies. Went back to the store, bought oh, Bush Light just for... He was that mad because it was Heavies instead of Lights. Correct. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Well, uh, speaking of Budweiser, number 24, Budweiser Select. Never had it. I is it still around? I thought I, that got replaced with like platinum. Or am I thinking too? No, oh no, platinum the select. No, yeah, platinum I think the select is the platinum replacement. Yeah. No, platinum's 
Platinum's still kicking around. I, there okay, were a few cases. Three point one. I think so Select that, yeah, was like their Molson. Three point one uh, grams of carbs. Yeah. Sele- and ninety nine calories. Yeah. Select was like their healthy option. Okay. Platinum's their high age. I have never. Oh yeah. Age. So I've n- I've never had a Select. Yeah. Uh, number twenty three, Keystone Ice. I. It should be. I love me some Keystone Light. Um, we had an article on the website back in the day. Ice will mess you up, and I do not know why. My dad loves it. I. He probably doesn't drink six of them in I, a sitting. I'm not man enough to try one now in my advanced age. I, I prefer the flavor of a yes, Keystone Light. Yes, the flavor ice is fantastic. Versus yes. a Keystone Light. But, but if you have more than you one, your day is ruined. pack of them, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a rough morning. Uh, I think... I order groceries ahead of time, and they replaced my lights one time with ice. Right, that's what I'm saying with Bush Heavy versus Bush Light. You're like, it's not the same. <laughs> it's feel. not the same. No. Sorry, real quick tangent. They tried to replace my Rising Crust Supreme frozen pizza. Okay. With a flat crust veggie pizza. I was gonna say cauliflower crust. Yeah, or but it's, they went the like, exact opposite of what you ordered. Yes, thank you. On right, every next. single word. Okay, next. twenty-two. Sleeman Clear. Hmm. What? Yep. 21, Red Dog <laughs> from Miller Brewing Company. Oh, my dad used to drink Red Dogs like yeah. 20 years ago. I don't. Wow. Number, okay. Number 20, O'Doul's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Red Dog. I looked at the picture. I know Red Dog now. I've never yeah. had one. I've, I've never seen had it. one either. 19, yeah. Coors Light. I'm rather just being mean. I know. <laughs> 18, Keystone Red. I've had it. At, AKA Keystone Heavy. I've, I've had it one time. There I've, was a convenience store. One time that had the red cans, I bought the two that they had on the shelf, and it was like the biggest thing. So me and my brother it's, mixed Keystone Blue, Keystone uh, Red, and Keystone Black. Yes, they in could one night in one. And y- yep, it's so rare they didn't even have the Keystone Red. They didn't even have the picture. Keystone I've, I've Ice picture either. One, I've, yeah. one time. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, and the pitch in the pictures they couldn't find. They're using the same stock image. Like I said, it took them five minutes so to write. I this. mixed all three, so I don't remember what it tasted like. Perfect. Uh, 17, Carlton Cold. 16, Corona Light. Oh, the Carlton's a Foster's subsidy. So you got to realize these are global, too. Mm-hmm. So these are like their versions of Keystone. Right. Uh, 15, Keystone Premium. Oh, uh, by the way, Keystone Corona Light. Premium. Corona Light should be f- worse. Corona, to me, is like top five worst beers. Oh, you should, you should be higher up on the list. Yes. Yeah. Higher or lower, I don't know. Uh, 14. What's the difference yeah, have between... Yeah, you tried... Wait, okay, Close what? the list. Have you tried... Fruit? I'm the list guy today. Have you tried fruiting it? Yeah. Put it, a little lime in there. It marginally... It's like the only way to make it tolerable. Right. Wait, uh, hold on. Did hey, we talk quick, about... No, quit going premium. in front of me on the I'm list. I'm not. I'm at the premium. All right. What's premium? I have no idea. No I mean, clue. I guess it's Never seen their... it. Even higher? Eight? They can't be higher than ice. I, I think they're they're just making up beers at this point. That's three keystones on this list. Yeah, and still not the light. Somebody's oh, we're got a there. grudge. Hey, All right. We're at fourteen. I'm, I'm not looking 14. at the list. Uh, fourteen Bud Light Clamato. No, oh, absolutely agree. I I like a red beer, but clam has no business being in my. Beer. Yeah, this is the Clamato Chilada. The normal Bud Light Chilada is an S tier beer. I don't care what anyone says. It is an S tier beer in my eyes. Yep, it's a perfect summer. Oh, during the summer. Yep, only during the yep, summer. Add some vitamins. Uh, get that clam out of my beer. Uh, thirteen Michelob Ultra. It's boring. Twelve yeah. Bush Light. 
makes it, sense. It's okay. Fine. It's fair. It's fair. I don't you think I don't agree, but for f- sure. The the thing that I was gonna say earlier is you gotta realize this is from like the same website that's ranking all of these like craft beers. So someone who's a craft beer drinker and you hand them a Keystone Light, they're you, not ranking you it that put high. A bush light or a bush heavy. Which one are you gonna grab? Bush light. Right? I I just told you my bush heavy story. They have bush light, to your point, they have bush light ranked worse than Corona light. Worse or better? I don't want to be the worst. We, we can do a retrospective. Yeah. Um, Next. A- after the pod. Uh, <laughs> Eleven, Bud Ice. Yeah, I agree. I've never yeah. had that. Uh, ten, Bush Ice. It's, yep, I agree. Number nine, Bud Light. Again, they're just knocking yeah. the macros at this point. Uh, eight, Milwaukee's Best. Has there been anything Light. not macro on here? No, I mean, they're all macro, but they're yeah. going after uh, Milwaukee's The Beast is deservedly in the top five yeah but this, this is the is light eight. eight was the light uh seven beer 30 light from melanie brewing company that We're must be nice that's that's a great and they're making me go you're good are they gonna try to paywall me no okay, this good. one is interesting Number it's, s- it is a small brewery that they basically are like treating it like it's a big one like so the brewer slept with the guy's wife or something this is the so it's the the review says somehow the light offering from this small brewery in Wisconsin got lumped in with the big dog breweries. Hmm. Man, but seven. Yikes. The best publicity they've had because now I'm actually. Yeah, you're on a you're on a list. It is a beer called Beer 30 Light. Right? No, no. Us talking about this on this podcast is the best advertisement <laughs> they got because nobody read this fucking article. <laughs> uh six, natural ice. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh. Natty had no flavor. Natty ice, just Ugh. just the sting. You just make it almost. It's a it's a natty that's almost six percent. Like yeah. that's terrible. We found it, guys. Oh, number five. No Keystone Light. Again, you put Keystone Light higher than any of the ices that they take. They take Keystone Light higher meaning is a, worse. Higher meaning worse. Yes. Yeah. So one is, is the worst. I would put it above all the other Keystones. Well, but I you, don't care. But you said earlier the ice has better flavor. It just messes with you. Yes. So but Keystone Light is a better sense. overall beer compared to Keystone Ice, even though Keystone Ice tastes better. If, if you're doing it flavor only, I disagree. Which one am I going to grab? I'm not going for the ice anymore. No. Yeah. I'd go for one. Uh, number four, Sharps Miller Brewing Company's NA offering. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Number three, Natty Light. I mean, I can't disagree. I have no. had a ton of them, but all. Have you had oh, any in the last decade? I don't. I think I probably. The last case I bought was at a Rite Aid in Ellensburg. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I stopped drinking ago. those at 22 and a half. The last yeah. Natty I bought was a Natter Day. Oh, totally God. Different. we totally Yeah, different. we did drink those, didn't we? Yeah. They only came in 30 packs. They did only come in 30 packs. No, yeah. initially. Yeah, then they had to start getting rid of it. So they said, well, <laughs> just yeah, we'll back. start. <laughs> Please buy six. Yeah. Uh, number two, Budweiser Select 55. What the heck? They brought that out right after. I can't remember if. I think they brought it out um, after Miller was doing the Miller 64. Right. Oh, my God. It's, it's even. So that one, the whatever select one, this is 55 calories. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it they went too far. Like, you can't like go past Michelob Ultra. I'm starting to think I had one of these. And number one, man, ah, man I don't know. Miller 64? They're the same thing. I mean, but but Miller 64 wasn't bad. Like, it, it, the it, tasted, it tasted like watered down beer, but I knew it was watered down beer because it's 64 calories. It was also and I could drink an entire 30 bomb in one 2. sitting. 2.8%. But you go from more taste, less filling to no taste, even yeah. less filling. And just any, it, yeah. But they were ahead of the curve because now it's, man, I could drink a bunch of beer and not get drunk and not get, eat, drink a lot of calories. Calories, yes. The, yeah, two point. But you need the flavor. Yeah. I think the novelty is when I found Miller 64. Like I was, I was grooving with that. Yeah, I can crush six beers. Right. And feel fine. Yeah, another, uh, I think that's another ABR patented disappointing beer list. I mean, it's, it makes but, sense. I, I would assume if you went through Untapped and looked at the worst, like, it's well, I think, find a lot of the same thing. Well, you're also on, so put it in context, you're on Beer Advocate. That's so what this, I'm saying. This isn't sales. This isn't your general beer consumer. Yeah. This is somebody who is going out of their way to review beers. Obviously, a lot of these are going to pop up in there. Because uh, if you're yeah, a, a if standard the, bush ice drinker, the likelihood that you're going on... Beer advocate, Beer advocate to tell people about it. To rate it is very... I have seen some very serious reviews of really shitty beer on Beer Advocate. Do you know what it just... I was looking up some of the, the light beers that I've checked in. Do you know what wasn't on the list? Keystone Light. PBR. Uh, PBR. Miller. Miller Light. PBR. Weren't on this list. We're yeah. not on this list. Um, but PBR, I think like people are intentionally going I was surprised as like, you're choosing that one. Like, that's what I'm saying, like... I, that's why I kind of jokingly looked at it. Like, I think I rank PBR or like Rainier at like four stars and above. Yeah. Um, but it's because I'm choosing those as my light, quote unquote, macro beer choice type of thing. Yeah, but nobody's accidentally ordering an ice. Anything. No. No. <sighs> <clears throat> All right. All right. Let's like go drink an ice. <laughs> right. Well, our beers, uh, as you can tell, are now empty. Hopefully yours are as well. And we'll see you next time. You guys getting a pretty good buzz in the yeah <laughs>